amazing. Well, you know, think about it geographically now. You know, you got to go a little bit for it. You know, you can't go 10 miles into Canada and it'd be so much different from 10 miles in the United States. You know, it's still the same kind of country. But we did all that and had a great time. And I was so excited. I looked so forward to that trip. And we did T-shirts and we did all of that. We were going to fly up there. And, you know, it was just an incredible, awesome opportunity. I got so excited about it. You know, it was like a week I couldn't sleep. But I was just wondering, you know, is there anybody in this room that's excited about tomorrow? I know these graduates are excited. You know, uh, that maybe for these graduates, they're excited about tomorrow and the next day because there's not going to be many curfews anymore when you're on your own. You got that freedom, right? Yeah. Julie's not going to be looking all over your shoulder, Ethan. (laughs) That was not the right answer. But um, a little bit less accountability, you know, and I'll never forget, you know, with 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 freedom comes a lot of responsibility. But maybe there's some teenagers in this room that are excited because they get to sleep in. No more school, right? No more testing, no more homework. Maybe there's some parents that are excited about tomorrow because there's uh, no more teacher conferences. (laughs) You know, or you get a day off tomorrow. Who's off tomorrow? Who who does? Everybody that's off. The rest of y'all have to work. Man, so sorry. We're off, right? Are we off? Or maybe you're excited about going for vacation, but wherever you are on the spectrum of facing tomorrow, there's one thing that I know for sure. You're going to take yourself into tomorrow. Students that are graduating, you're going to take yourself into your future. And so the question I have for all of us today that I think applies to wherever you are on the age spectrum is, is who are you going to be taking into tomorrow? You know, tomorrow can have all these possibilities, all these excitements. But, you know, you're taking yourself there. And what type of person should you take into tomorrow? And I think the greatest thing that I could share with y'all, with all of us today is, is I hope the person you're taking tomorrow to, into tomorrow is the person that realizes it's not all about you. You know, it's not all about you. If you were to take a minute and, you know, there's no outline on the back of the bulletin and I asked you to just write down some of your accomplishments, you know, I might say, hey, I got math and socks, you know. It's not that easy, is it, Lee? You know, so, you know, or you might say, I woke up this morning or whatever it might be. Or what are some of the accomplishments? I mean, we just really scratched the surface of some of the accomplishments from these high school graduates. But what about you? We all have all these accomplishments, and we begin to think that, you know what, it is about me. That all of these accomplishments, and I really think that in our generation, we're raising kids to be, in some ways, narcissists. They think it's all about them, that we can begin to falsely believe that it is all about us. But let me ask you, if you look at all of your accomplishments, how many of those did you accomplish completely on your own? Somebody that's had some significant accomplishments in their lives, stand up today and testify as to who was responsible for that accomplishment. Was it you? You got to answer me. Was it you? No, it wasn't. Well, hey, but I did all this work. I, I did. I answered all the answers on the test. So let me ask you, did you make your brain? Did you teach yourself how to think? 
how to process information? Absolutely not. I think all of us today need to realize that it's not about us. See, it's God that gives us the insight. It's God who helps us and guides us. And, you know, he tells us that when we begin to think that life is all about us, if you begin to think that life is all about you, you put yourself on a slippery slope. James 3.13 says it like this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Romans 2.8 says, But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves. That's kind of scary, isn't it? He will pour out his anger on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. Philippians 2, 3, and 4, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Philippians 3, 18, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. They are, are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Philippians, or uh, Romans 16, 18. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. But smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. See, when we have our focus on ourselves, we're focusing on the wrong things. And it always leads to the wrong direction. You know, look at the life of Saul, just anointed king in 1 Samuel 15. And, and God clearly told him through Samuel, you are to go and to defeat the Amalekites. And when you do, destroy them all. Every one of them. Don't leave anything left alive. Animals, children, men, adults, women, everything. Destroy it all. And what did Saul do? He kept the choice things. He kept the king alive and he kept the choice things and thought that his way was the right way. See, Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a person that seems right, but it ends in death. And not only when we think about ourselves and, and we think that it's all about us, we can get the wrong results. I love it. I don't love it, but in 1 Samuel 15, 10 through 11, Samuel confronts him and says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my commands. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. See, when we think life is about us, we don't get the results that God intends for us. And not only that, you can't hear God if you're only hearing yourself. Samuel, uh, Saul went on to justify himself when, when Samuel confronted him and said, but I did obey the Lord. And, and Samuel said, well, what's the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? You know, and he, and he says, and I love, in verse 20, he says, but I did obey the Lord, Samuel insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. 
Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Not only when we think that it's all about us, we also see that we limit the, what God wants to do through us. See, Gideon really almost limited God from doing what God wanted to do through him. When he sent the angel, what did he tell Gideon? Remember the first thing he said? Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. See, God was trying to tell Gideon of who, as Gideon kept his eyes on him, who he was going to become. And Gideon almost missed it because he began to think about himself and listen to his own voice. And we also see ourselves incorrectly. See, 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are ambassadors for Christ, that he is making his appeal through us, that we speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God. We, all, we see ourselves incorrectly, but we also can miss the big picture of what God is doing. See, when we begin to only think about ourselves and think it's all about us and we get our eyes on us, we can miss the big picture. And I think of the story of the servant of Elisha, when Elisha was surrounded uh, by the enemy. And the servant came in in 2 Kings 6 and said, When the servant, the son of man, got up early the next morning, went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than theirs. Then Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Not only is a person that we want to take in tomorrow a person that realizes that it's not all about us, but it's a person that realizes it's all about God. It's all about God. See, he is the one constant in an ever-changing world. He, he's the one that in Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Revelation 22, 13, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. See, he is the only one that's seen the beginning from the end. He's also, he is alone the one who has the power over sin. Romans 3.23 tells us, For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this, this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in the sight when they believe in Jesus. See, he alone has the power over sin, and he alone has the power over death. 1 Corinthians 15 says, For the sin is a thing that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the psalmist says, But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. See, God alone has the power over evil as well. Hebrews 2.14 tells us, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. See, it is what God wants to do is through us that matters. It is what God's, and, and, and it's God who does all the heavy lifting. Look at all the great stories in the Bible 
Look at Saul. Look at, look at David. Look at Gideon and Joshua. It was God who did all of the work. I mean, think about it. He asked Joshua to march around the city of Jericho for seven days, I believe, and then on the last day to march around it seven times and then blow his trumpet, and the walls came down. Who does that? And why was it? To prove that it wasn't man's power, it's God's power. See, the person we want to take into tomorrow, the person you want to take into tomorrow, the person everyone in here should want to take into tomorrow is a person that believes it's all about God. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about we. It's all about God. He alone is all that you need. He is your provision. Colossians 1 tells us that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him, and he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Second Peter 1, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, not ourselves, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. See, he is our provision. He will be my provision for tomorrow. He will be your provision for tomorrow and the day if he chooses to bring it and the day after that and the day after that if he chooses to bring those as well. He is our provision, but not only that is, he is our direction. 2 Corinthians 2 says, But thank God he has made us captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. He uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. See, he will be your direction. He's also our love. Psalm 33 says it like this, The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory, for it is all strength, for all its strength it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. See, he is all we need for tomorrow. He is our validation. He is our value. He is our support, our wisdom, and our love. So I ask you once again, man, it's been like a shotgun, hadn't it? But, uh, but I ask you once again, who are you going to take into tomorrow? Ethan? Abby? Garrett, Abby, Zach, Haley, Daniel, who are you going to take in tomorrow? What about you, senior adult? Who are you going to take into tomorrow? What about you, parent that's stressed out from kids and bills and all that? Who are you going to take in tomorrow? Teenagers, who are you going to take into tomorrow? See, tomorrow has all the possibilities that, that could ever imagine, but who are you going to take? Are you going to take one that's filled with you? 
or are you going to take one that's filled with God? You want to be successful? We want to see God change the world? Then we need to take less of us into the world and more of him. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. I love what he says, Colossians 1. I know this is... I know this is Lee's verse. It's Christ in us. That's the hope of glory. It's him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. It's Christ's love that should guide and lead us and compel us. We take anything less, and we're missing the point of why we were created. Our tomorrows are incredible. Why? Because as a Christ follower, he goes before tomorrow, doesn't he? He'll be there when tomorrow comes. Why? Because he'll tell the sun when to shine. He'll tell it when to raise. He'll tell it what to do. He'll tell the stars when to go to sleep and not shine for us. Are you going to take him with you? Man, every accomplishment you've ever had doesn't come from you. It comes from the Lord. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, he created every one of us. It comes from him. All glory and all power should be given to him. Church, it's time for us to quit depending upon what we can bring to the equation and depend upon God and to truly live less for ourselves and more for him. A waiting and wanting and hurting world is is waiting for us to be his ambassador, appealing to those. Come to Christ. Come and be his. Who will you take into tomorrow? I want to take Jesus. I want to I want to walk in an awareness and a knowledgement that he is everything, that it's his love that compels me. And that he wants to use me and you to change the world. To tell people come to Jesus. See, that's what we're all longing for is Jesus. That's what that's what's created in our hearts a desire to live with him forever. We see that in Ecclesiastes. So where are you today? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Are you walking with him? Do you catch yourself being more concerned about what's going on with your own self and your own little world that you very seldom acknowledge Jesus in your life? It's easy, isn't it? It's easy to get so busy with what the world says and with all the things that come along with the world that we can totally miss living for God. And realizing that he is there and that he is our love, that he is our provision, that he is our value, that he is our guidance, that he is our leader. So wherever you are today, as Brian comes and leads us and as we have a time of invitation, you have a decision to make. Maybe you've been a person that's not really lived a life for Jesus that you don't have a relationship with him. Man, what a greater day than today to come and to ask Brother Lee to help you understand what it means to walk in relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while, but truthfully, Jesus is not the center of your world. That Jesus is something that you just put on when it's convenient or on Sundays or Wednesdays when it's time to come to church. And really the rest of the week, you're living a life that's self-focused. 
God's really clear about his word. When we live self-focused lives, we're opening ourselves up to every demonic thing. So I want to encourage you today, students, as you go into this new world, it's not about you. Really, truly, it's never been. It's about God. And he is all that you'll ever need. And it's all found in his word. Everything, the older I get, and I'm old, y'all let me know that. The older I get, the more I realize how practical God's word is to my life. It's all there. It's all there. And, and, and it, if you just read it and it, see, it applies every day to your life, it's all there. You want to live a life full of, full of God, then you be a lover of his word. Church, we can't bypass that. We want to take Jesus into our tomorrow. You got to love his word. You got to be a student of his word. You've got to hide his word in your heart. That's how you don't sin against God. That's how you bring him honor and glory. So wherever you are today, as Brother Lee comes and stands here, today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that you can make a decision that no longer are you going to live a life for yourself, but you're going to live a life that's centered upon Jesus. You can make a decision today that tomorrow, whatever it comes your way, truthfully, we don't know what's going to come our way tomorrow. It could be good things. It could be difficult things. But whatever comes tomorrow, if God brings us tomorrow, that it's going to be, we're going to take him and we're going to ask him to be our guide and be our lead. So as Brian leads, as Lee stands here, you make the decision God places upon your heart.